0: gratitude is, is the sole purpose of life.
1: This message came to Matt Reif and he will come into my office and let me clean his teeth while I put him on nitrous. Uh, I will do $100,000 in free dentistry for people. 50-50 sounds like when, once I've given 50%, I can quit. Mm-hmm. Right? I did my 50. It's like, am I only going to do like half the dishes? You know, it's like, it's like no. it, it just 100-100 makes more sense. And the family comes in to see how these crowns are doing but the oldest daughter uh, wasn't there that day and so I went and talked to her and I said hey where's your, where's your daughter?" And she's like she's not here uh, she took her
0: life. You know why, you know why I hate when you're late Yeah let's talk about that. Um, because I then ha- I can't just sit here awkwardly and not talk. With the guests. I have to talk to the guest. And then what happens is we get, because I'm a conversationalist, we get into these really deep, good, solid conversations, and you're not here to record them. It's not recording. That's a problem. Don't you, how much do I pay you? Um, not enough? <laughs> Apparently. I was late because traffic. Oh. You just, you did just get your license. And. So now you can have that excuse. I, if there wasn't traffic, I probably would have been here at like. 335 really okay so what I mean, time did you get here what i mean time was if i'm it? going over the speed limit okay <laughs> you should be just kidding. either you way be. either way bro um i just i love you i'm just joking though it is difficult not to talk uh especially when you got such great people in front of me like dr brady smith hey <laughs> <laughs> the world's worst introduction hello all right guys hey welcome to the failure podcast we are here with another episode bringing you uh failures um that's why we have this guy here no just kidding just kidding just kidding Just um you guys we have uh we are we are 30 some odd episodes in here and i kid you not i am even just spending five minutes with this guy before we started this i'm beyond excited to share with you the 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 topics that we're gonna cover today is that a lot of pressure no man this is gonna be
1: fun (laughs) this is gonna be fun we're gonna have a lot of we're gonna have a lot of fun
0: dude you you are doing a lot uh, for one, welcome and thank, thank you. you for taking the time out of your day, your busy schedule. Uh, I don't know how you do it. I feel like I'm a busy guy, but dude, one, you are a uh, local dental hygienist, dentist. <laughs> <laughs> let uh, pun, pun, pun. Wait, wait, wait.
1: All right, nice talk. I'll be. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. Right, that was good. You're a you're a local dentist. <laughs> you've been <laughs> you've been. Uh, sorry, I, I'm just joking. Um, you're a local dentist and. You have your own practice, and you also um, one you you have like three hundred thousand TikTok followers. Mm -hmm. You run the Halo Network. You have had a podcast. Uh, What don't you do, man? Aren't you in a band? You're a comedian. I'm in a band.
1: Yeah, Um, dabbling in comedy. Yeah, you know, it's um, I have a I have a disease, Austin. I I I can't not do stuff. If I have an idea that comes in my mind, I have to I have to create. You know, it's, the, it's the, you have it. I do. I you know wanna, the disease. You, you want to create and, uh, and a creator. And that's why I do like that word creator with social media. You hear influencer a lot and I don't like that, but I like creator. Yeah.
0: Cause you create. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I you think, curate
1: your own creations to I, what you I, like. And, and so, you know, the idea is, is everything that I do that I involve myself in is something that I want to do. Sure.
0: I think it's a good way to live life. Yeah. It's great. So where, where did this start, man? When did you decide that you wanted to be uh, a dentist? Where I was going with this hygienist cool. joke before we can move on is uh it was, we were just having a funny it was it was a joke I'm just trying to rub it in that he oh, I'm don't. gonna have to fucking delete this you, <laughs> don't, you don't you don't want the hygiene hive to come after you okay trust me go, go ahead I apologize so where did where did the start so, for you man
1: uh, I became a dentist in 2009 started dental school in 2006 um, and during full all all during undergrad I knew I wanted to be a dentist so. I had kind of made a decision to be a dentist. Uh, I was in a directionless point of my life, and honestly, it was a recommendation from my mom.
0: She just was the one day was like, go be a dentist or why don't you go to dental school? You know, I had, um,
1: I was like 21 years old and I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And my mom sat me down and she's like, listen, she's like, I, you, uh, you need to be an endodontist is what she said. And I was like, I don't know what that word even means. yeah, what does that means, even mean, dude? But it sounds great, right? She's like, like No, I know an endodontist. She know she knew of an endodontist, and for those who don't know, it's a it's a dental specialist who only does root canals. Okay. And I didn't even know that till I got to dental school. Uh, but she was just like, he has a great life. He makes a good living. He only works three days a week. He does all these great things. You get to be really good at sciences. She knew like of all the things that I kind of like did good at. That was I was good at that. And so it was something that I could pursue. But it's a long haul. It's like eight years. Um, and so that's what she said. And then I got to dental school. And I found out to be an endodontist, you have to be in like the top 5% of your class to go move on and get accepted into a residency program. And like to be in the top 5% of your class, you got it's like an exponential difference in effort. And so uh, I also got addicted to World of Warcraft during dental school. And so I did not become an endodontist. I became a dentist. And I can do as much endodontics as I want as a dentist, which is nice. And I can play World of Warcraft whenever I want. <laughs> so it was kind of a win-win for me. <laughs> I'm,
0: sorry. I'm gonna fucking laugh this whole podcast. I it's all right, it's oh all right. my god, this is,
1: this is all true. I did, I did. I all this stuff is true. I'm telling you.
0: I know, but like, there's something. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's a certain demeanor that people have when they talk, and you are very. You have the uh, the dry sense of humor yeah that for is sure it's so good and so and uh, I'm horrible at receiving compliments'm I hope that you're good at receiving them I'm gonna give oh, a lot I today it. I love but bottom line that is a skill set man <laughs> like a like a true skill there is a lot like I could try and sit here and make people laugh by just speaking about my genuine life but there's sure. no way that I could have framed that in the way that you do. I'm sorry <laughs> you're a funny dude. Well, thank Jesus you. Christ. Thank you.
1: Um Thank you. And so, yeah, so that it led me on that path where I was kinda like, I could have done a lot of different things, I think. And I just didn't a point where I didn't want, I didn't know what I want, and I trusted my mom. And my mom said this, and I said, World of Warcraft. My mom knows. <laughs> so Debbie Smith. Thanks.
0: Nice dude. So okay, uh, all jokes aside, you you are very successful at this point in your life and I mean, from, what, from the outsider's perspective, I know that that comes with a lot of trials and tribulations to get there and a lot of moments where you probably had to look yourself in the mirror and go like, God, what did I get myself into? Or, or has it ever done that for you?
1: Oh, man. First of all, I'm just like, I don't know what you mean by success. Yeah, okay. You know, I don't know what you like is, uh, yeah, I don't know what that really means because I'm always like pushing myself towards another thing that I don't feel successful at. Hmm. Like I'm always, it's always like I'm trying to do something that, um, I mean, yeah, I got a, I mean, dental practice, our dental practices has been, I would say successful They're They run really well. We have great teams in place and great systems in place, but then there's always these things I'm trying to get into that I'm not super successful at. So, uh, the nonprofit space is an example of that I, I do not feel like the nonprofit is as successful as I want it to be. Um, and then also comedy. I'm trying to get into comedy, and that's hard to break into new sure. things, right? Sure. Uh, social media, there's always okay. benchmarks.
0: Well, let, let me ask you this then, because I mean, we, we could go down the success route all day, okay. right? We could go down the route of like, uh, you know, not giving yourself a bone when you deserve it. But you, you, I, I mean, what, okay, what does that look like to you then? I've, I've never asked anybody else this question, I've only had it asked to me. What, is, what does success look like to you then?
1: Uh, I think it's uh, trying to have goals that, uh, I mean, it's it's understanding the purpose of what you're doing. So the purpose of dentistry is to provide a meaningful income to my family and to provide, um, it, dentistry provides me a purpose in my life too. It's a, it's a job, but it's also a purpose. Um, so it's more than just making money. It's like making a difference for somebody, right? It's like helping someone. There's a charitable type of, Uh, aspect of dentistry, even if you're not really doing charitable dentistry, it still is a, I'm helping someone who needs my help. Even if they're paying customer, you still have that. There's still that aspect to it. So, um, success to me is like fulfilling a purpose. That's how I think of it. Okay. So, and then that makes you happy. Right. And so if you feel like you're, uh, striving and, and doing well with the purpose You're fulfilling your purpose. I don't know. That might be getting too heady.
0: No, that makes sense, dude. You just, I think what you're saying is just simply like you, you want to continue to help people and that's success to you Mm -hmm. in the simplest form. You want to continue to be, feel the gratitude of making a difference in other people's lives.
1: Yeah. So that could be like making people laugh, making people, uh, you know, giving people good pieces of content that they enjoy. It could be doing some, you know, getting someone out of pain, um, in the dental chair, um, it could be uh, helping a dentist who is struggling with depression and bad feelings and helping them do something about that. So there's lots of those feel successful, like successful things to me.
0: Where does it? Where does money come in hand? I mean, money has very
1: little to do with it. I do feel like once you have money, you can go out. And you feel more comfortable helping other people once you feel like you're in a comfortable spot financially. But... Um, You know, I always tell the story of like when I started in dentistry uh, for five years, probably I hated my job, did not like it. And uh, and I wasn't and I was making good money. I was making really good money. And so it wasn't that, but it was. And I think you talk to anyone who makes a lot of money, go talk to anyone who makes a ton of money and they'll tell you almost always you hear the same thing. It didn't do it it didn't do what they thought it was going
0: to do. For yeah, it. yeah, you hear that all the time. I I mean, I hear. I know what you're talking about. I have the I'm in the opposite end of that where I feel like and I don't know. I, de- I know I definitely have bank it because my bank account hit negative last week. That's how I definitely know I'm still not financially, you know, stable, but Sure. I know what you're talking about. that. Ep- that's money isn't it. So, yeah, trying to focus on that's been been tough, but Yeah, but purpose is it. So, some people have money as their purpose.
1: Okay. And so that's why when you hit that and you realize um, if money is your purpose, once you have money, then you have no purpose. And that's the problem. Mm. So what, that's why once you have money, you don't care about money. Like once you achieve, once you can no longer, once the purpose is completed and fulfilled, you don't have, you lose your purpose. And that makes you sad. Yeah. That, that can send you into like reeling into like, why do I exist? What am I doing with my life? I don't know why I'm living. Right. So having purpose, something that can, be perpetual forever. Now, some people like the entrepreneur types are like, I want to make a million dollars a year. And they do that. And then they say, I want to make $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. And they do that. And then I want to make a hundred million dollars a year. And that becomes their purpose. And you can do that perpetually. Right.
0: Um, yeah. And then when, did, when did you live though? And what? And, and then <laughs> what there's costs, yeah. there's
1: costs to doing that. You know, there's costs to the people who make that kind of money and develop businesses or empires, I think there's always costs involved with doing that. But the purpose uh, for me changed when I did a couple things. My, in my own dental practice, it was where I was getting like the brunt of like my bad feelings. And one was uh, cutting negative people out of my life, uh, which was like people that I worked with, people who were in my employ. I would like not want to fire them because mm-hmm. of the confrontation that was involved with that. So I would get rid of them. I started doing making a commitment to, like, if you if I can't train you and you aren't going to change, you're gone, and that's it. And I'll deal with whatever consequences come after that. And then also uh, I was not doing anything charitable um, for people. So I started to do um, freebies. Just people would come in, and I'd feel inspired to be like, hey, I, I know you can't afford this crown, so I'll just – I got this one. You take care of the next one. Sure. And that's it. And they're like, no strings attached. I don't know, man. No strings attached. I just want to help you out. And that made me very excited about going to work for the first time like ever. So I would see these people, names on my schedule, be like, oh, I'm doing his, I can't wait to see this guy because I'm helping him out. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I look forward to that. And so that, that was the genesis of the Halo Dental Network because I felt so strongly about that, that having charity be a purpose of your life as a dentist is really helpful in just making through making sense of your life and making uh dentistry is not by itself like a fun profession you know it's well i mean it can be yeah but what's fun is like you start thinking like oh i have like magical powers to help people out like it's like it feels like kind of a superhero a little bit like you know it's like i I can help you. No one else can help you. And I'm one who can help you and I'm going to help you. And so you feel really good about that. And so that becomes a purpose. So I think in my practice now, I think I do something free every single day. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I'm not doing something for somebody. And it used to be deliberate. Now it's just kind of like, you know, I don't really think about it. And as a result, the money has never been better. And I don't, I don't even think about that anymore, but I do think what happens is uh, I get more word of mouth referrals from existing patients uh, than I ever have before. I also get more word of mouth referrals for employees. I haven't put an Indeed out Indeed ad out for years because when we have a, a spot open for an employee, uh, one of our existing employees usually has a referral for us. Wow. A friend of theirs who's working at a dental office says, hey, you can come work at our office. So I feel like these kind of environments that you create just kind of attract people. When you have your purpose really set out and the people know what your purpose is and like you're vocal about that. And like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think Simon Sinek yes. says that, like, know your why. Mm-hmm. I think he has a very popular TED talk or something like that about. I
0: know what you're talking about.
1: People have- don't care what you do. People care why you do it. Yeah. Right. So I do this to help people
0: and uh and that has changed my whole career around man honestly dude how why do you think more people don't do that like why like because Mm. that that is a that is a i um i love this the philanthropist style uh we'll just call giving you know a business because i feel like not only does karma usually take care of you but any any ounce of loss that you had from that one you know, that one meal that I gave away or that one coffee that I mm-hmm. gave to customers for free because they were having a bad day. Whatever that is. Yeah. That comes back to you tenfold every time. So why why don't more people why is there greedy people?
1: I don't I don't dude, I don't know the answer to that question. And I wish that I did. Uh because I have to um like I've and I don't do this anymore, but when I started the Halo Dental Network, my first order of business was getting dentists on my team and getting dentists to like, Hey, we're looking for people who are, want to give stuff away and want to do like big full mouth cases. And we're going to supply all the materials and lab costs. And I got a lot of hate from a lot of dentists who were like, you're cheapening the entire profession by doing this. Our work that we do shouldn't be free. Um, People get burned a lot too, because when you offer something to someone for free, you have an expectation of that person's gratitude towards you, sure, and you don't always get that, yeah. especially in dentistry, because the nature of our job is to hurt people, right? We're doing things that are not not comfortable mm-hmm. inside your mouth, so it's uh, it's it's hard when you're like, I just did five thousand dollars of free work on you, and you're complaining to me.
2: That's so, happened,
0: uh, yeah, uh huh,
2: mm. yeah.
1: Now I'm. Uh, it's like if you gave a if you gave a, a homeless person. Uh, $25, and you go find out that they just spent it all on booze.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, or you give somebody a, a free bagel or a free coffee, and they say it tastes like shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It. But it doesn't cheapen your effort. It doesn't cheapen your intention of what you were trying to accomplish. Right. I have um, people we've done incredible gifts for that are completely ungrateful uh, for, for the gift. And uh, for me, I always... Yeah, you have know, to just look at it as like, a, I feel really good about what we did. And yeah. And I feel like we did you a solid. And no matter how they perceive it, uh, you know, it's all about your intention. And, and, and so it doesn't matter to me how they, it wouldn't matter to me if I gave someone $20 and they spent it on something that I thought wasn't worthwhile.
0: Yeah, you're, d- you're doing it to make yourself feel good. And you're, you are yep. you don't really give a shit about the response in the end of, I mean, that that is good. I know what you're talking about. That feeling, that response you get. Mm-hmm. That's a amazing feeling. I love it. Um I crave it often actually. I yeah. uh, I feel like that I've talked about this before that, that I feel like gratitude is is the sole purpose of life. Yeah. Um I in agree my with in that. my opinion there's there's nothing more fulfilling than giving to somebody and knowing that you you made that difference regardless of whatever that is regardless of the action, you know?
1: Yeah, so and the craving is is a real thing. It's like a you know, it's like a runner's high. It's like a uh, probably like any other high. It's like when I started giving away free dentistry, it felt so good that when I was done, my next thing was, "Where's my next hit? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to get my next? <laughs> oh, I, where, where, where? Where am I going to get my next fix from?" You I know. Have,
0: we have uh, we ordered some new merchandise for our coffee shop the other day, okay. and uh, we're waiting on these hats. Right, and I love hats. I love giving hats away okay first thing my wife says to me she's like just so you know um you're not giving all the hats away this time we need to make some profit off of them our (laughs) bank account (laughs) doesn't look you can't afford to just keep giving the hats away austin but um this happened like two days ago bro (laughs) i'm like driving around the car i'm like can't wait for these hats she's like you're not gonna give them away are you all of them i'm like maybe just a few you know just one or two you'd give them away man it's if they're cool hats if you it, listen
1: life's about spreading joy around if you got joy and you want other people to have it so you got you got good hats give away give away the hats
0: I think I, I agree I su- man I support you I that. think that it's a uh, it's a tough balance though um because sometimes that that giving can't be something financially for some people it may be a service or something you know like like I need yeah. to realize that it doesn't it, can't I can't always just give everybody thousands of dollars or I can't always just give people mm-hmm. you know coffee every single day, otherwise I go broke right um so there has to, you have to have some balance with that I think but uh and you know don't give up your house to make somebody like you need a house i mean depending on the circumstances I mean would you do that no yeah exactly, probably okay. not that's where I'm going with this I feel yeah. like I'm going in a circle but no, there's a
1: limit to what you can give away but you you have to assess your own abilities and talents and skills and like what you can give away. Money is important. It's important to have money. And I feel like I was in a better position to look at like charitable service to other people when like my bills were paid. Sure. So it is really difficult, but I do think no matter what position you're in, it still holds true that if you do seek out charitable service and helping people who need help, helping people who can't help themselves, that you can. I mean, that, that is one of the best feelings in the world.
0: Can I ask you if you're religious at all? I am. Are you Christian? Yes. I would have never thought. (laughs) So I'm a member of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Are you really? Okay, wait. I'm a a Mormon. You're a Mormon? Yes. You are not Mormon. I am Mormon. You probably go to church with my grandparents. Uh, They also uh, go to the Church uh, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a lot of grandparents in the Mormon church. That's crazy, man. That's funny that you said that. I would have never guessed. Your grandparents are LDS? Yeah. All right. I grew up in an LDS family.
1: Yeah. So... Certainly that has a charitable service is a big part of growing up for me. Drilled into me by my parents, but for good reason. And, you know, say what you want about religion. it's, it's There's good things, no matter who you are, to glean from everything. And, for sure. And so um, whatever your belief system is, you know, there are certain universal truths that I think.
0: Yeah, I haven't. We don't need to go down this road. Because I talked about this on the last podcast, how for some reason I end up getting on this fucking Mormons? religion tant. No. Oh, religious religion in no. general. No, I Correct. just I have a hard t- I have I have a hard time with it. Um, respectfully, like I, not not with I have religion? anything religion. Yeah, not with anything against okay. Mormons or against Christianity or yeah. anything like that. I have a, I grew up in a very like forceful type of like this was it for you. Like this this like it, that oh, was my only. Up, you option. You grew up strict religious, not strict. Just like I just felt like it was forced upon me and i never got the no. option to really understand the why or the what and the benefits that had that maybe that had so it put a bad taste in my mouth and even recently i've had like people approach me about christianity or coming to church and i live in i mean even just about battleground this community is here, so there there's people, religious religion everywhere sure and i have a i'm just too much of a i don't know what you would call it uh i i want to believe in something, I just don't know what it is, and I, th- so, I think
1: everyone's like that. Yeah, and some people do know what it is, and it's not God. They find something else. But everyone believes in something. Correct. Everyone has a Bible, and it might not be the Bible, but everyone has a Bible. Yeah. Everyone has a prophet. Everyone has a person that they look to as authoritative, regardless of. So I do think innately we want to we seek that. I agree. We seek leader. We seek uh, guidance. Yeah. Counsel. I,
0: it's it's almost like this weird like what it's become for me is is i i just say the universe now uh life yeah. um and and I, I don't have anything against god either uh i have like a lot of my family members a lot of my my close friends uh my best friend your your uncle is my best friend he goes to yeah. church every sunday you know and yeah and i i have a hard time with uh just connecting with a specific type of religion just based off of the experiences that I've had in the past. Sure. I could go on a tangent all day about those experiences and why they were bad for me, but that's not what this podcast is. <laughs> so this is why I don't want to go down the religion tangent. But Listen,
1: do you have a second for us to talk about
0: our Lord and Savior? <sighs> <laughs> just, just,
1: just joking. Just joking. We don't have to. I
0: had my cousins on here the other day, and yeah. I asked them all. I was like, so guys, why don't... Uh, I?" uh <laughs> One of my closest cousins is gay. All right. Who grew, <laughs> she grew up in, in a Mormon family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, so why don't you think you go to church anymore, Cameron? And she goes, um, well, I'm gay, for one. I'm, that
1: that, that, that <laughs> only stops you if you wanted to.
0: I know, but I mean, it was, a, it was yep. a funny joke. Having that conversation with my grandmother, Sure. I asked her, I said, so what was that conversation like when you told grandma? like that you were gay. She's like, well, I don't think I've ever told her. I think she just kind of assumes that my girlfriend or this roommate that I've had for the last seven years (laughs) is my significant other. But But we don't
1: just discuss the elephant. We don't discuss the the elephant. The gay elephant in
0: the room. Yeah, dude. It was. Yeah. Families are fun, man. Um, And I'm actually like, that's, I think that's cool. And I only asked that question. Oh, no, not not really. No, not at all. None none of them are. In fact, none of the, (laughs) they aren't like, uh, um she she did she stayed for the longest actually in okay. in the church. Uh and so did her brother I think. Um uh, but we all grew up like intermittently going with our grandparents to church. That's realistically where I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And all of our parents were it was it was like an important thing to them. Yeah. Um but I think we casually all just started falling off out of out of that. Do you think there's a, do you think there's a huge benefit to Having something like a sense of community with with religion, do you think that's what it is? It's huge.
1: I know people who don't believe the tenets of the Mormon Church at all, but continue to attend because of the social aspect and because of the network that it provides for them and their children. And but they have zero belief in the doctrine of the church. Yeah, which is to me fine. I don't. I'm like. If you're in the right spot for the wrong reason, you're still in the right spot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's, uh, yeah, so that community is super valuable. It's one, of the, it's one of the biggest things I think people miss when they leave a church or they leave a community is that they leave that behind, and that's a big void that needs to be filled.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I understand.
1: You know, they do these social <clears throat> experiments with, like, mice who, like, uh, where they put, like uh, like, heroin in their water and stuff. And then they isolate them. And they find out that if, uh, if the mice are in a network with other mice, they don't go after the heroin water, mm-hmm. right? They have that a community, basically, a community is what's needed to take you away from like the super damaging things in life and the things that we do that damage our health and our relationships. And it's those, it's the connections. That's what matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think religion is is become and in maya is just so much more of just like you you had stated just community being around each other being uh, a group of people that come together to help each other and yeah i feel like that's the best way
1: and the biggest mistake is thinking that everyone's on the same spot like in their spiritual journey like it doesn't matter to me that like you don't strongly believe like exactly what i believe even if even if we're of the same faith like we're early in the game like the game's not over yet sure like the story hasn't all been told yet so you and know do you
0: think there's people on the opposite end of that spectrum though that are overly ju- judgmental to those that 100% yeah
1: yeah no those are the and those people i don't think they understand the doctrine that they profess to believe either so there's hypocrisy and in religion I everywhere think, though I, everywhere. yeah but i think religion is like one of the most like targeted for people who are like it's easy to point out hypocrisy because You'd be like well i know a guy who's religious and he does this and this and this and mm-hmm. he cheats on his wife and he uh steals and he commits in, you know tax evasion and he does all the, whatever it might be and it's like and then he goes to church on sunday and it's like well yeah he probably needs it the most you know it's like yeah you got it so it's it's but then it's, an outsider sees that as like well that's hypocritical and then there's a judgment made on the on all religion because mm-hmm. you see one hypocrite. Yeah. And so it's important to remember that we're all hypocrites. Everyone's a hypocrite. We're all hypocritical. No one's perfect and you won't be. And so that yeah. it's a good way to that, put it, dude. That's the way I, that's the way I see it is that you understand, and <laughs> recognize the hypocrisy in all of us and that helps you deal with the hypocrisy you see in other people.
0: I, uh, I want to have something believe in something. I just have this, a constant urge to want to have and see versus the faith. Yeah, And that's always been hard for me because I just like, I don't, I don't know why I can't pinpoint why I need to see proof of something a B or C to believe in something.
1: But you do have that. I mean, like you've said that you do recognize that charitable service provides you one of the greatest feelings Agreed. that you can feel. So there's proof of something. There's mm-hmm. a belief there, and there's proof. Yeah, there's an experiment say- that you've done, that you've tested, that you know to be true, and then there's a there's a a belief attached to that. That you don't have to attach it to a god. You can attach it to a universe. You can attach it to karma. You can attach it to Allah or God or whoever Buddha, whatever you feel like. Astrology. I don't even. I don't care. But once you find universal truths that fit for you, that attaches to a belief, and now you have the start of Faith.
0: Right? This is a much I did not expect this conversation to go this way. Neither did I.
1: I thought we were gonna talk about like dicks and wieners and uh,
0: (laughs) Okay. You know let's talk about dicks and wieners, dude. (laughs) Let's
1: change let's change let's change you know what you were talking about. What? You were talking about struggling to get guests or or not having a big draw. And I was telling you about comedians are are kind of a sometimes they're low hanging fruit for a podcast. And so they're easy to get on and they're fun, usually. Well, sometimes it can be a little out of, out of control. But uh, I started a, a, YouTube, a YouTube show, and it was part of the Drilled podcast that I started. And the YouTube show uh, was called Drilled Nitrous. And I would um, get comedians to come in to my dental office mm-hmm. and I'd get them on nitrous oxide. And I'd clean their teeth and I'd interview them. And so I think we made like 10 or 12 episodes we got great comedians we have Mark Norman came in Matt Rife just came in
0: yep
2: I uh, watched that one Brad
1: Williams has come in a few times uh, and so they're <laughs> comedians are fun because they're just uh in the city with nothing to do until like seven o'clock at night <laughs> and so they're like literally like bored out of their mind like give me something to do yeah and so and they're easy usually pretty accessible on social media right send a DM and they'll probably see it that's uh, funny, dude. I yeah.
0: so uh, you you have had uh quite a few big you've worked with quite a few big name people in um how real quick how how is the drilled podcast connected to like do you have just other like another podcast or what or did you just have the drilled one? We're very unorganized.
1: Um so we started a podcast called uh the drilled podcast. And um, we, went, I think we had like 125, 130 episodes and we stopped because I, uh, we, we are the purpose of the podcast, the purpose of the social media, the purpose of putting myself out there was to promote the halo dental network was to use that as a way to maybe somehow monetize something as a fundraising, uh, purpose for the halo dental network. Cause it's a nonprofit. And it's been really hard. I've, you know, I've started four dental practices from scratch, um, and this month we are buying another one. Uh, it's like my first like acquisition of a practice, and those are easy for me because I've done it so many times. Uh, and but nonprofit space is like it's it's a foreign thing to me. So we had all these ideas of how we're going to make money for the halo dental network, right? As a 501 C three. And we had, there's different laws and regulations and how you make money and how you have to like organize that and donations of like materials and donations of actual money. And so we started the podcast as something to be both entertaining, but then also charitable because I can make, um, a video or a post where I give someone a $50,000 makeover for free. And it does horribly on social media because hmm. it's not sexy enough, okay. right? And then I make uh, a dental meme that gets fifty thousand views in the first couple hours, right? <laughs> and and that's the way social media works. So because of that, like the charity by itself just isn't enough, and so we created an entertainment aspect to the Halo Dental Network. Uh, because it's in my wheelhouse to do that.
0: Yeah, dude, you're an entertainer.
1: So it's, it's yeah. So I I wanted to per, pursue that, but the drilled podcast, it just wasn't um, a high performer.
0: Okay, so what what do you feel like was missing from that?
1: Uh, viewership.
0: Okay, but why? <laughs> like I I watched it and I felt like the only thing that I needed was, like okay okay. So you stopped because you just were like okay this I'm twelve in it's not working out. You expected just like that
1: um no we were 130 episodes in oh, when, we, okay. when we stopped that's so what that was we my did, confusion i'm sorry yeah so we worked on that i mean that's it was we did one episode a week um we had big names that would promote our podcast and it still uh wouldn't do well joe rogan mentioned me by name on his podcast and still it didn't do much for us
0: do you do you think that it could have just been this like the quality or the production of it
1: Yes, it also could I, I had to come to the conclusion that it was probably also um, yeah not executed well or like
0: just it was bad. dude I I think the, the idea is phenomenal. Like oh, how the could- nitrous thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's a YouTube.
0: That's only what I'm thing. talking about. Okay, that
1: never got produced into an actual like podcast episode. That would that would have been a YouTube show that was adjacent to the Drilled podcast.
0: Got it. Okay, and so, so this is where I'm getting the mixed and up. And because the
1: those thing. those and those are like ten or ten or twelve, and that and that definitely is really difficult to like execute in a way that's like clear because there's nitrous suction going on everywhere, so miking it up is really difficult. For sure. Lighting is very difficult. Everything's very difficult. Uh, with with making that uh, pop. Uh, no, it's still an idea and also um, guests are not reliable. True. So to get someone on, I want to have someone you know of note. Uh, it's just it's just hard to like schedule that weekly. So I've tried <coughs> to sell the idea to a couple of comics who have their own platforms. like I've tried to initiate conversation with you know who uh like Tom Segura? I is? do. I love that guy. So your mom's house podcast mm-hmm. network. Tried with them. Uh, I'm pretty. I uh, have a good relationship with Dr. Drew Pensky as well.
0: Yeah, dude. You go. Why? So I'm. But, I'm over here. Like, let me help you.
2: <laughs> no,
1: but <laughs> I, I appreciate that because I don't have anyone on the ground who like. I have like a guy sure. uh, who's like my right hand man for everything that I do, and he is like a jack of all trades, and he does well, um, but it's not his like. Expertise yeah. necessarily. He kind of does some research on the fly, buys some stuff, and and we and we do it.
0: I thought about this really cool. I thought it would be really cool because I feel like something that creators miss. Uh, I was lucky enough to have. I I'm still stupid. By stupid in the space, I mean uneducated enough to where like I don't even know half the settings of how to work on that camera. Yeah, but I have close friends around me that are really freaking smart. Yeah. And I feel like that is, that's half of it is like knowing with podcasting and knowing, uh, the right. Cause there's no, there's no, like you could look on the internet forever Mm -hmm. and you will never find a list of says, Hey, buy this, 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 and this set it up like this, 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 and this, and this is, this'll, this'll get you this quality. There's that doesn't work like that. Right. There's nothing. So, um, I have close people around me who are, who who are good with that stuff. But
1: do you think that it hasn't popped off the drilled nitrous because of the production quality?
0: Uh, I think that's some of it. I don't think that's all of it. That's
1: that is one th- that is one thing that's gone through my head is that I do think that's one of the ideas that I'm saddest about that hasn't.
2: Dude, it's I,
0: amazing.
1: They do it does. I, listen, I watch back. I, I look back at the episodes that we've created, and I'm proud of every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I love them all. Like, I, and I don't think. Uh, so I don't think it's the idea. I think it's the uh, I do think it's the execution of it, and it just never popped off on like YouTube. Never like they're all on YouTube. You can watch them uh, at Dr. Brady Smith's YouTube channel. It's
0: called Dr. Brady Smith. You can we'll, watch. All we'll the, put it in the description for you guys to watch. You can watch
1: all the nitrous episodes. Uh, we've had some great comics come in, done karaoke with some of them while they're on nitrous. You, it's just it's a lot of fun. Um,
0: I think I think that's half of it, dude. I think that a, a lot a lot of it is. I don't know. An idea like that is so good that it almost needs like, like highest of possible quality.
1: That's why I try to sell the idea to like your mom's house, and they weren't interested. And I talked to them. Um, there was another group. Um,
0: Wasn't Tom Segura on the Joe Rogan episode? Mm-hmm. Like he that he mentioned me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't. He he didn't. He doesn't know who I am mm-hmm. for sure. And I was talking with one of their. Actually, I was talking to Dr. Drew, who was talking to the Your Mom's House podcast for me. And they just didn't have the interest in the show. I, it's like Hot Ones. Right. So there's precedent for a show like this that is just insanely successful. Mm-hmm. Right? Like Hot Ones. Everyone knows Hot Ones. A hundred percent. You're sitting across from a celebrity and they're eating hot wings and dying and you're just asking them a couple of questions. Yeah. Super easy. <laughs> it's great. Right. So I was like, that's my idea, except I want to get them on nitrous oxide, which by the way, I'm legally allowed to do. Uh, for those wondering, is that even legal? <laughs> it is legal.
0: That was what I thought might be why you stopped in the first place, because you no. got in trouble for it. No, I,
1: I've never gotten in trouble for the nitrous because it's completely legal. And all the guests sign HIPAA waivers, and they sign social media uh, releases. And I had legal counsel that said, as long as nitrous oxide is a legal drug, as long as it is being supervised by a licensed healthcare professional who's allowed to supervise that. So a dentist qualifies i do this on a day-to-day basis someone wants a cleaning they want nitrous oxide it's it's just pay the 75 so bucks
0: and you get it here's my idea which i don't know if we should tell everybody in the world this. someone's gonna freaking do this if they see this i'm telling you because it's a great idea not if there's a dentist involved they're too they're too busy <laughs> so the why why not just put uh why not just put like all the equipment out outside of the room and so like the noise isn't there and all you have is the nose thing through a cord or some shit. And like, you have like you guys sitting in a room across from each other like this. It's got his nose thing on. You can get the, like, I have
1: to be doing a medical procedure on them. Fuck. So that is part of the law. Okay. So I cannot just have a conversation with someone on nitrous. That would be considered recreational use. And Mm -hmm. that is illegal. So, but if it's being done in conjunction with a medical procedure, which a dental cleaning qualifies, okay, it is a hundred percent legal. And like I said, I do that in my day to day. Got it. Got
0: uh, multiple it. times every day. So and every day. We couldn't din- every change din- the. We'll talk about this later. We're gonna go on a tangent. I'm gonna just get. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, I get I, ideas, love, bro, and I'm just like, bam, 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 bam. I would
1: love your 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 insight into because that is honestly that's like the saddest <laughs> one. I've had a lot of ideas that have failed, um, and that was the one. That's <laughs> the one I'm saddest about because we got such great people to come in, and it was you so did, like like. like from the get go, we would have these comedians. I was like, I can't believe they're saying yes. They're saying they're gonna show up. And and they do. And they show up because it's very alluring to them.
0: What is the most interesting experience that you have had on an episode of Drilled uh with the nitrous? Like what is the what's your favorite episode?
1: Oh, uh, I like the Matt Reif. The Matt Reif, we, and I prepared for that one tremendously. Okay. I was super we'll, excited for we'll Matt. We'll put it on the
0: screen. We'll I was super
1: it. excited for Matt to come by. What I did is I did a social media post. Just So the backstory on this is I saw Matt Reif was coming to town. This was like last September. And there was three days that he was coming to town. And about two days before he was coming to town, I did a post on my social media. I said, Matt Reif is coming to town. Mm-hmm. If Matt Reif, if this message came to Matt Reif and he will come into my office and let me clean his teeth while I put him on nitrous... Uh, I will do $100,000 in free dentistry for people. Dude. And he responded within two hours. Wow. He commented, and then he was in my DMs, and he's like, what's this all about?
0: Oh, dude. And I'm like,
1: I'll give him some links to like other comedians who have been on, some references, like because comedians all know each other, mm-hmm. or they know of each other at least. So you can be like, hey, Mark Norman's been on, Brad Williams has been on. Um, uh, and so uh, so anyway, he, he, we made it happen, and... Uh, We're in the process of doing all these cases, so we have we had five individuals that we chose, which actually comes out to be about more like two hundred fifty thousand dollars of free dentistry that we're going to end up doing. So we had this big contest, and people would um, nominate themselves, and then Matt was very involved in like choosing the people that got this based on nominations and videos that they had sent in, and that was uh, and it's still an ongoing thing, and and so that's that was a that was a fun one. Uh, it was also—I mean—if you watch the episode, you'll see why it was fun. Uh,
0: I, yeah, I, I just watched it before this. That's a beautiful. You're phew. You're talking about my thong. I'm talking about your thong, buddy. Yeah. That was that. Was, he
1: didn't know that was happening.
0: He had no idea. <laughs> We're gonna put. The, I'll put that clip up right now. But you also, just like bent over right next to him, and you're just like, oh, and he just like looked over. And, you yep. did what did. and
1: uh, yeah, and yeah, he. <laughs> I also. I wanted to be very respectful
0: because... <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm going to wear a thong and show it, right? And I just like bend over. It. I wanted to be respectful, though. He
1: he has an interesting um, uh, dating pedigree uh, with the women that he's dated. So I wanted to kind of play some fun... Uh, you have to watch the episode. Okay. If you know, he he used to date Kate Beckinsale. And so I talked a lot about the Underworld trilogy as just... <laughs> a favorite movie of mine and just how well how well it done it was and asked him to talk to me about his favorite part of that movie and so
0: what what did he say was his favorite part?
1: He said no comment. (laughs) And then he said, nice try. You're gonna have to turn up the nitrous to get me to talk about that. turned it up, dude. <laughs> so it was fun. Oh. It was fun to banter.
0: Um, God, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's so silly. Like why does that not have hundreds of thousands of, of views? You know That's a common comment
1: that we get. And I don't, and I don't know the answer to that, but I do think it's something that with like, ah, oh, we're not hitting it right. Um, cause it's such a fun idea. And I think you start th- talking, talking about like, I watch hot ones and I'll watch like Shaquille O'Neal. I'm like, dude, I want that guy in my chair. I would love to have. Ch- Could I'd, you imagine? I'd, I'd bring in two different canisters of nitrous to double up on him. He's such a big dude. Or like, uh, what
0: does? I've never been on nitrous. What does it do to you?
1: It just relaxes you. Okay. It's like uh, this is a common misconception too, because it's not like the weird dental videos you see online where people are like super messed up in the car ride home and they're yeah. like, I don't know where I am. Um, you just. It's like having a glass of wine. Okay. Or maybe like half a joint. Sure, it's like uh, a couple beers. I don't know. It's like it just loosens you up, and it does make you laugh. It does make you, it does make you uh, think things are funny when maybe you wouldn't have without.
0: I would be the worst. Which is probably
1: person. why, which is probably why I think I could be a comedian because all my patients are on, <laughs> are on nitrous, so I kind of cheat,
0: right? No, dude, I'm sorry. No. So okay. So yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: Well, so I started getting into that because um, when I started doing free dental work, I told you that like first 5 years I was like pissed at my job and I hated it. Yeah. Um, the people that I started to corner to do free work for uh, happened to be stand-up comedians. So, I would see stand-ups like local stand-up people you'd never you've never heard of, mm-hmm. right? But there's a lot there's a pretty thriving stand-up comedian scene in Vancouver and Portland. Uh, and so I just would tell them like, I'll help you out. And so comedians, I got along with comedians. I felt like in another life I could have pursued that, uh, and had a lot of fun with that. Um, and so I just kind of cornered comedians as like, I'm going to help these people. If you have any other comedian friends who need my help, tell them I'll help them out. And so I've been helping comedians out for a very long time. So a lot of comedians kind of knew who I was a little bit because even the comedians that you don't hear about, they still open for the bigger comedians and they still know each other Mm -hmm. pretty well, actually sometimes. And so, um, and then every time these people come in, it's like, I just, you know, I want them to know that like I'm into helping people. And if you, if you know anybody who needs help, please call on me. Yeah. And that's one of the things that gives me most fulfillment is having people like that. Send me the people that they love, um, to help them out. So that kind of, was what started down the halo path. And then I had this connection to comedians and I was like, how can I use that to promote halo and, and, and get things going for halo and it, not to be, you know, completely obtuse about it, but it also promotes me, which I am shamelessly interested in. So I am a whore for attention. I always have been, I am one of the youngest of eight siblings and it's a disease that I have that I need attention and so it serves that purpose as well. But I do think it's good to use the attention that I'm uh, thirsty for, for a good purpose. Sure. So I was aware enough of my problem to be like, I want to get attention because I'm good at getting attention. Um, But I want to do something really positive mm-hmm. with that, that like, you know, is purposeful. And so this is all, it's all, it's all, it's all. And then, okay, so then, uh, the podcast stopped, and I traded TikTok for the podcast. Okay, and TikTok is where my social media really started. You, to blow have you up.
0: started uh, monetizing off of that yet? For uh, the five hundred one c, or is like how is that strictly for you?
1: So I can't monetize it through the five hundred one c three, but I can monetize it personally. Okay, and then I can donate that money. Nice. So I do make money off TikTok. Um, that's the only platform I make money off of, but I've only been making money off it for about four months. It's so I've, I've had it for two years. Wow. And, and so I've never really been interested. But someone that I work with, um, someone that I've recently worked with, uh, gave me a kind of a monetization one-on-one course in TikTok, and it was easy. And we should talk about that because um, it is, uh, it's almost crazy how much money...
0: Um, you're making off of it?
1: Yeah, it's it's stupid, but it's
0: um, <laughs> I, also also. Can I, can I bleep it out? I'm just curious. What, um, what? I make about? Shut the front on, fucking door dude. on TikTok. I have a buddy who who does 90s era like 90s nostalgia content. Yeah. Hilarious! All great content gets yeah. a million head and uh has been getting shafted by the talk. So you're doing something right.
1: Well, I also for some reason I have a very high, high RPM, which is the um, It's like the amount of money You get per thousand views is like two dollars No so, shit So I get like two dollars Per thousand Per thousand views
0: And that's different For everybody
1: It does It even changes for me Sometimes I'll look on it, It's like two dollars and eight cents And I'll look on it again A couple of days later It's like a dollar eighty three mm. But a lot of people I know Are at like sixty cents
0: That's weird Per
1: thousand views Yeah So Matt Reif Is like TikTok's Number one earner No shit That guy makes a million dollars a month Wow, from TikTok,
0: that's crazy. Yeah,
1: and that's—I'm guessing that he didn't tell me that. I'm just guessing. I know what I make, I know uh, my—I know what my views sure. are, and I know what his views are. He makes anything, and he gets 10 million views. Anything he makes, every post he does on TikTok has 10 million views minimum. So you just start thinking about that, and you're like, okay, 10 million views. If he gets a dollar per 1,000 views, that—that's insane, dude. It's—it's it's, yeah, it's wow. mind blowing. He's making. I imagine he's making more money on TikToks
0: and TikTok than he is videos. doing like like actual comedy shows. Yeah, and, and there's
1: dentists actually. There's a dentist out there um, that I despise his content, and uh, he was a dental student and he started this YouTube channel called Dental Digest, mm. and it's the most obnoxious content. And I'm not no hate towards him. You watch it and tell me it's not the most obnoxious content <laughs> you've ever seen. It's like ASMR stuff that he chews really close up and so you see like his mouth and then he like brushes crap off of his teeth and this guy's got like 14 million subs on YouTube. Um, he's got views. He's got he's got videos that have 300 million views. Wow. It's ridiculous and he makes more money off YouTube for sure than he could possibly dream of making as a dentist. That is crazy, there's, man. There's no longer any purpose of him doing dentistry for money except for stay to stay relevant in the dental space. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like, it's like all of a sudden it's like, you're not even really a dentist <laughs> and he did it. I, I only knew about <laughs> yeah, it.
0: What's the, you just transform into a crater
1: at a certain point. There's a magazine in dentistry called incisal edge and they put out uh, 40 most influential dentists and he was on there and I had never heard of him. So I started looking him up and I'm like, he's a second year dental student. He's not wow. a dentist. This guy can't, this guy can't fill a filling <laughs> and he's on the, Forty in most influential dentists in America list. Wow! And I'm like, that's. Were you on that list? No, <laughs> no. They don't <laughs> Why let Why not? In. They don't put me on lists. I'm not. I'm not good. You're banned. Yeah. I'm, I'm. They don't. Uh, I'm a little too irreverent for uh, the dental profession. I think maybe. No. I got a lot of people that like me. I, I, I'm getting more people that like me now. I think I'm getting invited to dental conferences to perform. Are you at dental conferences? Yeah. So that's kind of. I do. I do music parodies.
0: I've I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, those and, are good.
1: Uh, they hit they hit well. And listen, Dennis are an easy audience. Stuff like that, they just love it. It's a it's a it's such a softball audience for me.
0: So you okay? Uh, you're in a band. I am. What's it called? The playlist. And it's uh, it's, a, it's a
1: cover band of a okay. bunch of adults who wish they could be rock stars. Uh, uh you know, but they're not. And. So we just, uh, we play in Camas, Washington, like once a month, typically at a place called a beer at a time.
0: Love that place. You've been there? Yeah. It's right on the street from my coffee shop. Wait, where's your coffee shop? Def's Coffee Bar. In Camas? Yes, bro.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know you had one in Camas.
0: I have three. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. We have one in Camas, one in Orchards, and in this one.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah. we have uh, uh, a, <laughs> so that's why I asked you if you saw my shop in Camas, you got pissed rain on the other day no i haven't yeah, seen that it's insane no but yeah it's just upstream from that
1: yeah so i play guitar in a cover band and it's just strictly cover cover songs what's
0: kind of what kind of music
1: everything, just everything. that's why we're called the playlist okay because it's kind of like a like a random shuffle I of like of music so and you play guitar okay a little bit of backup vocals maybe but we have six people in our band we have two singers a male and a female lead and then we have two guitar players, a bass player, and then a drummer. Okay. And, so
0: yeah, how do you find time for your family, bro?
1: I have a very supportive wife. I have four kids um, that are very busy kids. They're all into stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's a team effort, you know? My lady does a lot of... <clears throat> helping out and she does she has her free time stuff that she does too she's way into like tennis and she plays piano and just play, she does piano lessons Do you guys have a
0: nanny or anything or like no like uh like no. I, i'm just trying to because f- i have i got two kids yeah um my wife is uh, pretty much a stay-at-home mom slash yeah. the other half of our business okay uh and bro it's hard for me to i have to like I've just now kind of feel like I've slowly been able to really figure out my whole family time thing. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, I thought I was doing the right thing by giving up that family time to provide for my family. Uh, and so now I'm, I've kind of reprioritized and restructured my life in, in a yeah. way that allows me time with my family in the afternoons. But I can't imagine doing the I mean, yeah, that that's how old are they?
1: uh yeah uh so i have a daughter who's 14 and i have three sons that are 11 8 and 6 so they're a little older they're a little older and they're all at school now so from 9 to 2 30 there's no one there's no one home okay that's right different.
0: so i got a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old
1: that's a game changer in life too when you get the all the kids are in school now because then you get five hours a day of so on my days off like mondays and tuesdays i don't i literally sit around and work on content and breathe breathe and respond to emails and stuff and then when i do work i work three days a week and i work 12 hour shifts so i'm gone kind of gone gone those days um but it's hard and sometimes you have to like sacrifice things that's why that the podcast had to be sacrificed for tiktok because i couldn't do the podcast and tiktok i had to have this at least a modicum of self-awareness to say the podcast has to go if i'm going to do tiktok
0: What's your key to, I think, maintaining that communication uh, with your partner, and being as busy as you are, you know, like how how do you guys manage that together?
1: Uh, you know, we just we just got in this big argument because we're trying to figure out how to sync our calendars and we don't know how to do it. <laughs> and it's she has like things your on iPhone a, calendars. Yeah, like just having the same. So like if I put something on my calendar, she sees it on her phone. Yeah. And I don't know why we can't figure that out. Like, we're going to have to, like, get, like, YouTube. Uh, I
0: got you. I just did this with my wife the other yeah. day. Yeah,
1: so I have my calendars. Like, I have a band calendar, and, like, so I know when my gigs are. I know when, like, I have conferences. I know when something comes up. I you can, need
0: to create a new calendar and create what's called, like, a shared calendar. Or you can click on the calendar on it, the little red dot or the yellow dot, whatever yeah. is yours, and you just hit share. And it's supposed to share it with her. Interesting. I don't know, it might be
1: something silly but like her calendar has like my daughter's dance times and my son's basketball times she has all that on her calendar and like so my, my calendar and her calendar don't see each other and so about to like physically so I physically tell her hey like I have a podcast today I'm gonna go be. I'm gonna be in battleground from like four to six today and mm-hmm. she's like okay and then I got band practice band practice doesn't take up being in the band doesn't take up a lot of time it's, we do two hours two hours a week it's a two hour practice every week on Monday nights so I have band practice tonight and and sometimes we don't even have it, but uh, we're kind of established enough that we just.
0: How long have you guys been married?
1: Um, two thousand five, so we are working on nineteen years this year. <laughs> April will be nineteen. Got
0: to figure it figured out, man. I don't know about that,
1: but <laughs> yeah, I, I listen. I enjoyed <clears throat> married. I I got married before the dating apps, yep. and I've never had to use a dating app, which I'm super grateful for. I have siblings that do, and it just seems like a nightmare. So. I had to do it the old school way and actually physically find someone, mm-hmm. you know, like a hunter, like a man. Uh, <laughs> like a man. Like a man does. <laughs> Get my woman. Um, but l- listen, it's it, it, everything's about a team, man. Every little aspect of what you think is, you know, what you say is successful, like my business has teams. People do jobs. Families is a team, and everyone has, to, has a job they got to do, and a band is a team, and um, the nonprofit group, that I that I run is a team, and then everyone just has to. How know.
0: do you how do you maintain though? I think uh, <clears throat> a lot of people struggle with finding that. Uh, what I would consider just everything in a relationship is kind of a give and take, right? Uh, yeah. Or you know you're you're both providing what you would consider to be fifty fifty into a relationship mm-hmm. or a team or whatever. Everybody needs my equal effort. Yeah. So oftentimes that's not the real case though, you know, but that's sure. what people perceive as to be a, oh, we need this to be an equal partnership or an equal relationship, you know, right. How, how does that, how do you intertwine that? Because they're, I guess, making sure that as, as busy of a lifestyle you do, or maybe I'm, maybe I, I could be overplaying it, but yeah, because you're just amazing with your time, but how do you make sure that the other half, uh, in any team feels valued as well, you know, for their time and gets their time type thing. Yeah, so I don't like the word
1: equal at all in this capacity because it's not really... Equal to, sounds like someone's keeping track, you know? Mm-hmm. I changed three diapers today, and you didn't change any diapers, so that means the next three diapers you have to change because that's equal. Sure. Uh, so I don't know if 50-50 is or I've always liked... the someone. I, don't, I got this from somewhere, but someone says it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. And if you think of it like it's 100-100 um i'll do 10 diapers without her doing any diapers Mm -hmm. um you know she she um my wife plays a lot of tennis (laughs) it's pretty comparable to like someone who has like a golf addiction yeah like a man who goes and plays golf like do nine holes every day and do 18 holes every day on the weekend like something like that Mm -hmm. she plays a couple hours a day but i want her to yeah right like i want that i want her to have her time Uh, not only because it allows the favor to be exchanged, but it's like, we're both more pleasant when we're doing what we want to do and living our lives the way that we want to live our lives. So, um, but it would be easy for me to say like, Hey, you're, you're out there doing this too much, you know, but I also have a lot that I want to do and pursue. Right. So when I say I have a podcast to go to, she has kids, she has to pick up and she has kids to take to dance and she has things that normally I would be there to be like, I'll do this. But she also played tennis for three hours today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's kind of like, yeah.
0: You just gotta, you just gotta constantly make sure that you're always. Uh...
1: <clears throat> yeah, but I don't like keeping track. Sure. No, because keeping track, keeping track, and keeping score, uh, that's just—it's never going to be even. It's never going to be equal. Yeah. Right. And if it is, it's like, am I? I don't know who who makes this rule that I'm beholden to this. I'm beholden to my partner, mm-hmm. and to do what she needs me to do. And she's also beholden to me to do what I need her to do. So we have this like reliance. I, I see where it's like we both are required to give 100% to each other.
0: I think that you, that's a really good way to put, I haven't heard that analogy yet. So I'll be uh, stealing that one for sure. And uh...
1: it makes a lot more sense. Cause 50, 50 sounds like when, once I've given 50%, I can quit. Mm-hmm. Right. I did my 50. It's like, am I only going to do like half the dishes? You know, it's like, it's like, no, it, it it just 100 100 makes more sense totally. Just sometimes i have to be the one giving 100 and then sometimes she has to be the one giving 100 and that makes and then but as long as one of us is doing that then things work
0: yeah you so. guys got that four kids is a lot man with with businesses with uh, everything else you know um, do you ever feel pressure dude just in anything
1: yeah yeah i do
0: what do you do to combat that
1: um i well the what the way i i feel pressure that i put on myself for sure like pressure to do something like with like the halo dental network one of my goals is to create a seven-figure budget for the halo dental network and we're not anywhere close to that it's very i mean it's very difficult um it's been extremely difficult but it's something that i really want to do i want to create income streams for the halo dental network to do more of what the halo dental network does um so one way to relieve the pressure is to achieve your goals, <laughs> right? I feel better if I'm like, okay, I did it. we yep. got some things happening right now. Things are looking really good. So right now, some things are looking really good for Halo and better than they ever have. Uh, we're still not anywhere near a seven-figure goal, but it's like things are going in the right direction, and we're doing, having a lot more opportunities to, to, to do that, and that feels like pressure is being relieved. Uh, also delegating things out to other people who are willing to help having a good team of people.
0: So that takes, that relieves the the mental pressure for you in a sense of performing, I guess you could say?
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I, um, there's a lot of aspects where I don't feel any pressure though. Like I don't, like where maybe people would think I do feel pressure. I don't feel, there's a couple areas. Uh, the Halo Dental Network is one of the areas I feel pressure because I just, man, I just want it to succeed. I just want it to be effective. I want it to be purposeful. I want it to give other people there's a lot of like promise in that in what we do so i just really want that to be successful and that's been really difficult
0: what do you think uh do you, do you ever have any uh any self doubt
1: mm, not for long periods of time i do a really good job of uh <laughs> of being very confident in my abilities
0: is your is your combating those comedy
1: Uh, that helps out. It's fun to make light of things. I get in trouble for making light of things. I get in a lot of trouble because I, it's hard to be, uh, I mean, imagine the comedian, there's comedians out there who get canceled, right? Mm -hmm. And they say jokes that people don't like. Right. And then social media. And when I say get canceled, it's social media, but they don't have a department of health or a department of comedy that has a, a a board, (laughs) Sure. That says your joke has crossed the line. You can no longer have a license to perform comedy, mm-hmm. right? All they need to do is put butts in seats. If they just got people, so they—that's why comedians can't really get canceled. It's really difficult, right? Because right. all they need is you to go buy a ticket, right? Mm-hmm. I can get my license taken away. I can get my license taken away. So even if you want to be my patient, you are—you cannot be mm-hmm. because they've taken away my legal ability to perform my job. So I have this dental board and I, and, and the dental board is I've had a lot of interactions with the dental board. Um, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I was telling this in our pre-talk where I have, um, probably had like 20 board complaints over the last 10 years and all of them have been dismissed.
0: Uh, they're not, they couldn't be for you wearing a thong, right? Or anything?
1: No, I got one. There was a video I did. They just
0: uh, laughed at that though. I don't, I don't know what they did. <laughs> They're I don't like, know what hey, they you're funny here, bro, but you can't do this.
1: I've, I've had one board complaint that has resulted in a dis, in disciplinary action. And it's very mild disciplinary action. I'm still able to practice. But I, I said some things on a podcast years ago <laughs> that uh, were not appreciated by a lot of people. And um, uh, Anyways, um, but it made me realize a couple of things. Number one is I'm super vulnerable. I'm a lot more vulnerable than I thought I was. Yeah, and that puts pressure on me. So that's one aspect where it's like I have to realize, like, I can't say everything that comes to mind. I'm not a comedian. I'm not, I'm not Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. I can't just go on a rant and be like, "Well, I still have patience." Those can be taken away from me. So, um, uh, so and and <laughs> it's, but there are people who just think like a dentist should be professional.
0: I think it's boring. And, and
1: they see, but like for every one of those, like I get thousands of messages. Uh, I've received thousands of messages. I think the only
0: people that think dentists should be professional are the maybe dentists themselves.
1: Uh, yeah. People in the dental field, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would I would expand that to people in the dental field because there's hygienists and dental assistants that also uh, are not crazy I completely about completely
0: disagree with that though like completely and like there's i don't see how somebody could no see non,
1: that. non-dentists are all, almost always going to disagree i want like a down-to-earth dentist that i here's what happens one of the reasons why my businesses flourish is because of the social media now if you look at my social media um there's a lot of engagement um but i've never once promoted my practice you won't see you won't hear me say come visit Tooth Docs. Here's my phone number. We're doing a sale on crowns this month. Uh here's the promotion deal. You'll never see anything like that. I don't promote my practice at all. Never have not once and I don't plan on it. But I still get tons of patients. You don't need it. Right. And so what happens is they they trust me before they ever know me because they have seen my social media content mm-hmm. and so they immediately are like well this guy's kind of funny he said something i like he's a little edgy whatever but like that's the kind of person that like i feel like i can trust this you know suited up dentist who's proper and well, i don't know how to even put that but you know what i mean like no it's total business i am gonna be
0: in there freaking dude in my mouth like no offense i i you need to entertain me because i'm not gonna lie <laughs> right when I I recently had a visit at one of your locations. Right, I had been to the dentist in fifteen years. That's
1: what led to this interaction, right? That
0: is what that is All what right. led us. So, the the good thing that came from me, which which I'm I'm I want to uh, preface this. I have a detrimental fear of dentists. Sure, like a like a really bad one, bro. Like okay. I'm I'm a pretty fearless dude. I will take on risks. I will yeah. sacrifice a lot. But ever since I was a kid, I have had a fear. Because of just poor experiences or bad experiences. I was was going to ask you probably had some poor experiences. I did. Dude, these guys, I just remembered nightmares of them wrenching on my mouth with like the whole giving me a shot in my mouth thing and like, Yeah. um, yeah, just hated it. Right. So I said, fuck it. I don't need to go. Like, I'll just brush my teeth three times a day and I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, didn't work out that way. I actually went in and I had seven cavities and I needed two root canals and two crowns um yeah and i think she sounds, was like
1: sounds about like 15 years worth of ketchup
0: yeah so yeah. i i went in and uh yeah man i don't know where i was going with this but all i know is i hated it uh just as much as i did the first time but i and, and no no disrespect i just something about somebody like can stabbing me in the mouth dude yeah
1: well, what we're talking about is is being comfortable enough and you must have just chosen our office blindly or how did 100%. you how did you end up there? Insurance, <laughs> um, insurance sent you there?
0: No, not at all. I have I have horrible insurance. Uh, I paid for it out of pocket, actually.
1: <laughs> okay, so you just we were geographically close to you. <laughs> you were close to me, bro. That's what got you. That's how we got you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So had nothing to do with any of this. But that's how normal people choose their dentist. They don't know who their dentist is going to be. But gosh, wouldn't it be cool if you had the opportunity to shop your dentist? Yeah, it would be. Right. What if you forced all dentists to have social media? <laughs> and you could watch them before you actually go see them. right? And then you'd be like, well, that guy sucks. I'm not going go to go see that guy. I already know I'm going to have a bad experience. Yeah. This guy or this gal, oh, she seems delightful. I'll go mm-hmm. see her. She looks like she would be nice to talk to Yeah, uh, or whatever. So it's just because there is such a, a fear of of dentists. So social media has been amazing for people who are fearful of dentists to – Shop their dentist a little bit. Make mm-hmm. sure they have, does that, does your dentist have a personality that you think is going to make you have a better experience?
0: I think it's the same thing with a, like a doctor, too. Yeah. Like you want to know you're just, you're doc. I mean, you are considered, you're like, what, do you ever get that? And people are like, you're a doctor. No, you're not a doctor, you're a dentist. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. We, uh, <laughs>
1: just, are people doubting that we're doctors? I don't, <laughs> I've never heard that ever. <laughs> you, we are widely respected in the healthcare community. And, uh, I've never once heard someone suggest that we're not doctors.
0: Okay. That, that lights you up a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Explain that.
1: uh, Yeah. You know, I think, you know, we go to school for four years, uh, (laughs) after undergrad and, uh, you know,
0: I, uh, so say I walk up, (laughs) say somebody walks up to you and says that and they're like, you know, Hey, listen, you're not a real doctor. What do you do to that person?
1: Are they a patient of mine in my office? No. That says that?
0: Well, okay, yes.
1: Because well, eventually they will be. They will. They will be in a. Uh, you know, I don't take things personally. Whatever. If, they, if someone doesn't want to call me a doctor, I don't care. I'm not. There are You're some dentists. There are some dentists that have a big chip on their shoulder about that. I make jokes about that a lot, and I'm fine with that. I like the the movie The Hangover where. Uh, uh ed uh ed williams ed williams the guy who played andy in the office mm-hmm. ed, no, ed helms ed helms okay ed helms plays a dentist and they always make fun of him for not being a a real doctor <laughs> it's portrayed a lot in uh pop culture as the way it is i don't know why we're not i think back in the 1800s they separated us from like medicine kicked us out like it used to be like we were all just doctors and then all of a sudden they're like no these
0: They deal with teeth, guys. These tooth idiots,
1: kick them out. They're freaking stupid. (laughs) And so now we just don't count as doctors, and they segregated our schools and (laughs) ridicule us in pop culture for 200 years. And, Uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, whatever. But we make more money than them, so shove that up your butt.
0: Mike drop that's right, right there, that's right i hey by the way i did have a phenomenal experience at your good
1: place. good well dr lens is amazing she is she's a great dentist and she's a great person to talk to she's a good icebreaker for people who are fearful she's awesome
0: yeah she's super nice and i had like uh it's funny because like how you came up is i had a video of me and him that was like popping off uh on on the instagram oh yeah and i i was like so excited about it and i came in and i just couldn't stop looking you know like yeah. doing the whole refresh thing every 30 minutes I'm like oh my god it's, it's doing yeah. some cool you know yeah and uh it's a lot of fun she was like yeah our uh one of our other owners he uh he's like tiktok famous too and i was like no way what is it and then she told me about you and i was like watching your videos while we were sitting there and she was getting me all numb is it true that gingers uh take don't take because she told me uh, because i'm a redhead you don't, to, you don't have a soul. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know that. Right. Yeah. That's why you don't believe in God. So listen. Because <laughs> <it's> g- <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's no, impossible. it's not that I don't believe in God. Okay, I just I'm don't just... <laughs> know what he is or what it is. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Fine. Uh, uh,
1: gingers. Gingers. There are some things with numbing gingers.
0: Yeah. We. She gave me the eight to eleven hour stuff multiple times, mm-hmm. or whatever you would call it. the long stuff. And, uh, dude, she would w- work on this side. She finished this side. By the time she got to this side, it wasn't numb. Yeah. And she just goes in and I was like, and I did the whole, like, you know, lift my butt off the chair type thing, yeah. uh, you know, and then she'd right. stab me again, which is uh, more traumatic. Yeah. For
1: me. There is something about that. And I think, uh, it's almost all anecdotal from my experience, meaning that I don't know of anything like scientifically like published that says that the gene that causes red hair is also the gene that gives you a some kind of immunity to anesthetic. or I also feel like redheads have a higher threshold for pain. There was a Mythbusters. Remember that show, Mythbusters? I love that show. I had a friend of mine who was a redhead in high school, and he was on that episode where they tested the myth that redheads have a higher pain threshold, Okay, which is different than what you're saying. You're saying that they have a higher immunity to anesthesia. They actually right. feel more. Mm-hmm. And they were testing out anyway, so they but they had this other theory that um, redheads could tolerate pain more, and they confirmed that with some of the tests they were doing. They'd have people uh put they had redheads and non-redheads put their hand in water that was uh, sub-freezing, so it would, they put something in the, something in the liquid that made it like so you could get colder than like 32 degrees, right Sure it wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't freeze, and you would just take your hand out whenever you wanted to that's how they tested for the pain. I think they had problems with like being ethical. Like you can't like <laughs> stab someone. How,
0: how do I put somebody through pain how, and have it be, how, eth- yeah, I get it. Yeah,
1: How loud do they say, ouch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh But yeah, it was the redheads that lasted the longest. Damn right. Uh,
0: Damn right. So It's because we don't have souls, bro.
1: That's right. Yeah. And those souls is where the nerve endings come from mm-hmm. to cause pain. So yeah, but I have noticed that with redheads, not all redheads though. But I make a note now because of all the social media posts I do, there's always like a post that like redheads don't, like people say this all the time, redheads don't do well with anesthesia. They don't numb up properly. Can't faze me. Yeah.
0: Like this. What what was that thing right here? Yeah. This thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I don't know if it's scientifically true. Certainly I have experienced. We should look into that. I have experienced redheads who are hard to get numb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was me. But there are other people that are hard <clears throat> to get numb too. Maybe I think maybe that's also why I might have had some bad experiences in the past. Probably because I, because I couldn't. They weren't. It didn't last, and I was probably too young. and didn't want to say it. Yeah, you know. But yeah. Anyway.
1: Well, and everyone has an experience where, like, a dentist didn't believe them, and that's probably true too. Where a dentist they say, "Here's the thing. This is why I don't. I don't work on kids um, when needles are involved because kids, children, are very difficult to." Know if you're hurting them or if they're just saying that you're hurting them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's bothered me working on children in the past. So I usually refer to like pediatric dentists to do that because I don't wanna, I don't want to guess. Yeah. But with that knowing that about myself, if I extrapolate that onto other dentists, you know, they might be like, well, I gave him an injection. So I know he's not feeling it but what if your injection didn't work and he is feeling it Yeah, and you're put, you're torturing this person right now and you think they're numb and just, they're just reacting out of nerves. Mm. Right. Because that's also true. That happens. Kids just react. Like I have a, like I'll rev up the drill and just hover above the tooth. Won't even touch the tooth. Mm -hmm. And the kid goes nuts. Right. Says it's hurting him. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I didn't even touch you. And I test that out to know if they're going to react to just the sound. Right. Yeah. So most dentists, To to gauge that, like, am I hurting this person? We'll do things like that to know, like, so if the kid's reacting like crazy, like I'm hurting him, and I'm not even touching the tooth yet, Mm -hmm. uh, he's out of he's out of here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna mess with a situation where I don't know if I'm hurting someone. That makes sense.
0: Have you ever had an experience where you have? uh, Okay, yes, this one. Um, How? Real... I'm changing subject here. Let's change it. How real is the social media, Dr. Brady? Oh, pretty real. Pretty like, authentic. Is like, How much of that probably is too, truly you? Probably too real.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a good time, man. Um uh, I think there's some buffoonery that happens on social media. I, I think I'm not as um sometimes i will portray myself a little self-deprecating a little bit like a buffoon like i don't know what's going on right and those are just for fun right a little bit like michael scott yep okay a little michael scottish you know but like it's just for funs and giggles and so but i do i do like to make people laugh i like to tell jokes i like to cut up you know so
0: i can attest i would say as somebody who who uh has viewed your content. You're, you're you're pretty much the same. Yeah, I, I was hoping that I was I'm,
1: praying. I'm probably a little more reserved, actually, on social media than I am in real life. I do. Thing is, like, I do. I do have a lot of opinions. I do. I am highly interested in politics, in religion, and like what, what people argue about. Okay, but I don't really incorporate that into anything that I do on social media. But Damn I have. It. But I have a high interest in stuff like that
0: yeah that um has it bit you in the ass in the past or something, or like why or do you just choose not to deal with it
1: um i it's not like uh it's not like I have a side, it's that I have no side, it's okay the, it's the problem, so I feel like I would alienate everybody, <laughs> okay, you shit on everyone if There's I, no, if, no, no right, like whoever you like, I can guarantee you I don't like them, yeah, like if it's any kind of politician or anything like that, so I do have a lot of opinions like I am. I am pretty like dialed into like politics. I'm interested in that stuff. Like if I, what I, what I look at in social media on my own, like I enjoy that kind of stuff, but I only enjoy it because uh, it, it makes me angry. You know what I mean? Like it's bad for me. It's bad for me. Isn't it
0: weird how people consume things that they're like, that like fires them up. Right. Like, is it that like I think that is one of the things that social media has capitalized on. And mm-hmm. you don't realize it. Like, there was a study that was done on this. They did a study on on TikTok. In, in, for, no, it was YouTube. It was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about it. Yeah. I sure you know what I'm talking about. But basically, they just did the study. Like, what do people consume? And how does the algorithm play into that? And the algorithm consistently played into controversial shit. Like, anytime no, somebody I think is...
1: fear like, is the number one emotion right. that gets clicks. Fear. Yeah. There's a book called Hate Incorporated, mm-hmm. or Hate Inc. by Matt Taibbi which is very interesting, uh, very interesting read, but it just talks about the manufacturing of hate. And anyway, it, that's the kind of stuff that like, gets me fired up because I feel like you're all being played. Yeah. That's it.
0: You're all being played. Bottom line, there's, there's, no, there's no like... All food. the people you think are like
1: <clears throat> against you or the villains in the world, this is all manufactured. Mm-hmm. And, and, and none of that's real. And just go out and talk to your neighbor because that's real and and that's and that's kind of where i where i come into where, like the politics of just like looking at it and like for me it's like a challenge like okay that's what they're saying mm-hmm. but that's not what they're really saying
0: yeah dude it's a the world's a, a goofy place we i uh it's it's honestly like I, I ask this question often uh was it always like this or has it always been this way mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is just like the the heightened sense of of divisiveness in everywhere and like this it's almost like there's like just this this person yeah or people in a a a freaking machine and just playing me yeah you know playing playing the fiddle and i'm so far behind that i have no like idea Mm -hmm. even though i think i know i have no idea like that feeling like has it always been like that with this country or has yeah. it been
1: different. You know, I don't. I'm way into conspiracy theories, probably too much, uh, and uh, and so that is a part of me that you don't really get on social media. Yeah, uh, I don't really. That's not. It's so far away from like what my channel is, like what I've created. Like it just would it alienate. wouldn't even flow. Yeah, if I'm like uh, the moon landing didn't happen, guys. Uh, <laughs> well, there goes all my followers. <laughs> is the Earth flat? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that's you're you're actually. I mean, I I think it's always been super divisive it's just like getting people mobilized is really a lot easier because of social media so you can get the message out too if you can get a message out you can get it you can amplify it pretty easily yeah
0: it's it's, it's insane how right. and and how how much everybody can see or you could you can be found and everyone can see you like that like there's no yeah. uh you can find anything on the internet you want to find there's there's right. literally nothing blocking anything at this point so that that's almost a it's it's a scary thing to think about in the sense to me because i just i i hate the feeling like like i'm being played in in my own game and i'm just right. trying to make it but i don't know how the how you know what i mean does that make yeah. sense so
1: you know they they always create a villain because you want you want to make the story as simple as possible so you need a villain you need an easy villain to target So, like, you'll hear things like the number one problem in this country, you'll hear politicians say the number one problem in this country is white supremacy. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's just get into this. Right. Uh, And the idea is like, okay, maybe let me listen to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. Thing is, I am white. I know a lot of white people. I don't know anyone who's a white supremacist. I I don't know anyone who knows anyone who's a white supremacist but that's what I hear is that they're everywhere. And it's the number one problem in America is white supremacists. So is that true? That's, that's the stuff that interests me. So I'm, I like, I'm open to like all art, like, give me an argument. What do you mean? Like, why tell me if that, is that a problem? Where are they? I don't know where they are, but like every, like it's getting harder and harder to know what's real. It's getting easier and easier to fool people. And as time goes on, it will be extremely difficult to know what is real and what is false?
0: Does AI uh, play anything into that? Like, AI you- is terrible.
1: AI is terrible. In <clears> fact, <throat> there's so many like AI dental companies now, and I freaking hate them. It's uh, so terrible. Like they'll like change all your radiographs to paint my numbers and tell you where the cavities are. Yes. And it's like the worst possible thing you could do to dentistry is to like dumb down the diagnosis capability to the point where like, a patient could download this onto an app on their phone and tell you where the cavities are. It's like, that's nah, not taking away our ability to diagnose. And dentists are thrilled about it. Like I, I am by myself. I feel like when I rant on AI and dentistry, because dentists are like, this is the greatest tool ever. I'm like, you know how to find, you can train a chimpanzee to find cavities. Like you don't need an AI paint by number situation. You don't need to pay $500 a month for software. To put it to, So you can diagnose and find out where cavities are. And in fact, if you're a patient and you find out that your dentist is using AI to find out where your cavities are, I don't think you should go to that dentist. <laughs> I, I think that that's someone you should run away from. I would agree. Because the, the AI companies are doing two things, in dentistry at least. They are telling the dentist, buy my software because I'm going to help you diagnose more problems. I'm going to help you diagnose things that weren't there, that you didn't see on your own. That's, that's the sales pitch. From these reps of these AI companies to the dentist,
2: mm-hmm.
1: buy my software because you'll you'll pay for it uh, with the extra work that you're going to diagnose on people. Okay, so if you're a patient, that's what's happening. Uh, then the AI companies are going to the insurance companies and saying, "Buy my software because you'll be able to d- deny more claims from dentists, so you'll pay less out to dentists if you use our AI software as a, something to gauge what's a cavity, what's not." So they're playing both sides and they're saying, "Buy my software." um to diagnose less and then but diagnose use my software to diagnose more mm. and everyone's a freaking uh just mark like this yeah everyone's just everyone's a target man and i just feel like i'm the only one who's like do, do you guys not see what they're doing to you this is a useless tool for dentists and the more people that utilize it the more insurance companies are going to have it and and they're going to deny more claims using the same software And it's the worst thing, and and it's just like completely not necessary. You can diagnose cavities as a first year dental student. Mm -hmm. It's that easy to do. So it's just not. It's all it's all a
0: money play, man.
1: And that's what it is. It's all about money. It's just all about always has been. How can I use AI? And that's all these companies care about. That's why they play both sides. They say you buy my software. My software. My software will help you diagnose more. It's going to help them diagnose less. Same software.
0: Extremely frustrating. Super frustrating. Yeah. And then, and also the fact that you can't like social media to be used in a bad way or can be used negatively in those ways where you're promoting Mm -hmm. something as a convenience, but in reality someone else is behind that making a bazillion dollars and it's not a convenience. It's, Mm -hmm. it's ruining many things. And it doesn't go with just that either. Like there's so many things in, in society nowadays that, are that way i'm beating around the bush here but let's talk about some experiences that you have had uh as a dentist that maybe other people would not believe is you have any i mean you've been doing it for long enough is there any crazy memories or anything like that that stand out to you
1: oh crazy stories i mean the stories that are crazy are, are the craziest stories are downers oh. so i don't know if you like uh, domestic abuse situations and are they the most interesting things? Well, that's
0: fine. Let yeah. them be downers, but yeah. they're if they're intriguing, I'm curious. Patients that have themselves. Uh, okay. that's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs>
1: not okay. Um uh you know here, here's the thing. The thing about social media and being a dentist is that I do have an obligation to protect like my patients anonymity. So a lot of what I create is uh like i there are like tons of experiences i've had with patients that i don't share at all because if i share them they'll know exactly it's so unique that they'll know <clears throat> i'm talking about them mm. and i would not want to do that like especially like i don't want patients to like not want to see me because they think like my interactions with them is going to end up on tiktok sure and sometimes that does happen sometimes i do gauge like i <laughs> like Oh, this was really funny. This was a really funny interaction, and they're so old; they're probably not on social media. Like, if I just leave their name out and just say, "like Hey, a patient came in and said this to me," mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna come back on me.
0: So you can't say anything, is what you're saying?
1: Well, I mean, I could. We can talk about patient experiences uh, a lot, uh, but like, yeah, it's like drug addicts and 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 violent things. Those are the most interesting things, man.
0: What? Okay, what was the? Uh, you said violent things? Yeah. What well, was violent?
1: Like people getting their teeth knocked out and stuff. Ooh, car accidents or falls or
0: accidents. I didn't even think about that. That you probably like get their
1: teeth smashed into pieces. Have to do
0: stuff like that too. Yeah. What uh, was the, what was the most rewarding thing then? Let's talk about let's talk about good. You've done a lot of good, man. You donated a lot of of cool stuff with the Halo Network and stuff like that. So, what was your what was your would say your most fulfilling one was?
1: Um. So, yeah, this is a story that is very special uh to me uh i had a woman come in and she had like 10 kids and she brought in the children and one of the older ones was like a 16 or 17 year old girl and she had these weird brown stains on her front teeth that were congenital meaning she was born with them Mm. it wasn't she didn't she didn't have cavities but they were super unsightly and her mom told me that like she's at the age where like she gets made fun of and she's a 16 year old girl and uh it's kind of like broke my heart a little bit mm-hmm. and she needed crowns on her two front teeth and the crowns, the insurance that she has doesn't doesn't cover crowns. And so this was just like maybe three or four years ago. And so it was easy for me because I've, I do this all the time for me to just say, well, I'm not going to let this girl walk around with her teeth like this. And so I said, I'm going to take care of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was like, I can't pay you. I'm like, get the next ones. Fine with me. I'm going to help. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help her out. And she was a really quiet, kind of reserved girl. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's important to have experiences that remind you of your purpose. And so this is a whole experience that re- always reminds me of my purpose. Uh, so I helped her out, put two crowns on her front teeth. She looked like a million bucks. It was life-changing. Mm-hmm. Just a couple crowns just to cover up these super unsightly, I mean, Imagine that every time you open your mouth, someone's like, you have something on your tooth. And you're like, I actually don't. That's the way my teeth look. Yeah. Right? That's her life all the time in high school Mm -hmm. as a 16-year-old girl. Terrible life. Right? I have a really hard time letting stuff like that when I have the power to change that to not do it because someone can't pay me money. That seems terrible for me. So um, big family, though. Um, And she gets her crowns on. And she looks like a million bucks. And she thanks me. And mom thanks me. And then they're gone. And I haven't seen them. I didn't see them for a while after that. And so um, uh, maybe a year goes by, year and a half. And the family comes in and um, I'm excited to talk to them because I know them well and we've had a good experience, got some good rapport, excited to see how these crowns are doing. But the oldest daughter uh, wasn't there that day and so my associate dentist was seeing some of the younger siblings. Like I said, it's a big family, so it's a, there's a lot. It like mm-hmm. takes up our whole like, half a day to see their family. Um, and he's like, hey, you should go talk to the mom. I'm like, why? She's like you, should, he's like, you should just go talk to her. So she had asked to see me. And so I went and talked to her, and I said, hey, where's your, where's your daughter? And she's like, she's not here. Uh, she took her life. Uh, a few months ago and like blew me away uh, I was like beside myself I was like no you gotta be kidding me and she's like no but I want to tell you about it because um, I, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm getting emotional but it's uh, it's okay she, man she said um, she said I want you to know that she never smiled ever like the only like because of the you know, the brown spots and stains that she had on her teeth, she would never smile. And uh, I wouldn't have any memory of my daughter smiling if you had not given her crowns on her teeth. It's one of the only memories I have of my daughter smiling. And we don't get a lot of experiences like that in dentistry. So it's, it's it's a very memorable experience that one thing that I did creates a situation where you know, a mother comes to me and says, you know, this is the only memory I have is when she came home that night. She was so happy, but she was living a life that was, you know, ridden with sadness and depression and things that the mom just didn't know about. But she was, uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life, but also bittersweet because this thing that I had done, you know, wasn't enough to save her, obviously, uh, but she was definitely dealing with you know some demons, uh, and and it ended up taking her own life because of that. So, when I think about like I have bad days, <clears throat> that's an experience that I think of a lot uh, because it reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because smile is important, and it's life changing for people, and it seems like a small thing um, until you lose it, and when you lose it, it's the biggest thing in the world. And so as a dentist, it's my privilege to find people who need help and help them. So that's one of the best experiences I've ever had, but also one of the saddest, most tragic experiences. But it does give me uh, a sense of purpose when I forget my sense of purpose. That's a story that I recall whenever I can to remind myself why I do what I do.
0: It's powerful, man. Yeah, it is powerful. Hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, <laughs> I've cried a lot on the show. <laughs> I haven't had anybody else cry yet. I'm uh, usually, I, the I baby, mean, I, so. I don't
1: know. We count that as crying? I don't think we count that as crying. I'm a man.
0: Okay, Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. you yeah, no. well. You're
1: welcome. And I, th- I, but that's the kind of thing that, like, when you talk about purpose, that's what's most important to me. I have experiences like that. I never shared that, actually, on on social media or anywhere. Uh, It's a very special experience to me uh, that I share with that family. And they come in, and we talk, and we still have a good relationship. And we have very good memories of that one thing I did for her daughter that made a difference for a moment uh, for her.
0: How are they, uh, this was how long ago?
1: Well, the, I did the crowns three or four years ago, and then it probably was a year and a half after that. So maybe a year and a half ago that um, I got the news that she had uh, taken her own life, and and that the story went that direction.
0: Uh, can I ask how the mom is? She single mom? Does she have a husband? Or? There's yeah, there's a
1: husband. I've never met him,
0: but um, like uh, how how are, like I know you would never be okay from something like that, but I I. I I'm sure, and I'm sure you you feel the same way. Uh, there's this want to like help somebody like that, and so help, I'm, them, help the mom. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know what I can do as a dentist. You know, the thing is, like, I, you you only have so much um, pull wherever you are in someone's in someone's life. But you know, I I did not know when I did those crowns for her how much of an impact that was going to have on. The idea that a mom can't remember her daughter smiling is so sad to me. Yeah, it's the saddest thing I can think of. And that if I didn't, if I wouldn't have done these crowns, she was so nervous. People do this when they have an ugly smile, they um, or an unsightly smile. They they guard their smile. Mm. They they talk in a way where they hide their teeth when they talk. They train their lips and the muscles in their lips to hide that from the world. And to think that like even her mother had never seen her smile, even when she was laughing, like like this is a life devoid of joy. Right. And all she wants to do is have a lasting memory of her daughter smiling. And to be a part of that, it was, it was super humbling that I didn't even know that that was the effect that it was going to have. But to be a part of that, that the only memory she has is when she came home that day and she was smiling. And then that started something where she would smile after that. She would smile, she would show her teeth and she kind of trained herself to let, let down her guard a little bit. And, uh, Man, it was just amazing. <clears throat> it's just one of those things where like, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But no, to me no, no, it was the it. right thing to do was to help this girl out. And I just wanted to make sure she didn't get made fun of at school. Mm. That's all I wanted. Right. Uh, and it had a much more, had a different effect. I want to say much more lasting. It, it had a different effect, but
0: still a very impactful. effect. Dude, I don't want to end on that note. We need something. Um, I mean, that's beautiful. It's truly, it's truly beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, that's like, I don't even know by beautiful. I mean, (laughs) dude, that's such like a, I'm trying to comprehend your, like hearing that conversation or hearing somebody tell you that, Mm -hmm. like I, I, I don't, I could, I couldn't imagine the, uh, the emotion That And and the flood that you probably felt of, like, I had, I, I, you know, of such a terrible thing, Mm -hmm. such a terrible thing that could have possibly happened, that I was able to impact somebody in this way. Like, there's, there's, that's, that's, so, I I just can't even imagine. The amount Mm -hmm. of sadness and the amount of, like, weight and the amount of, at the same time, like, this. Like yo, I was able to ha- like. How does that even yeah. work? Or, it's such a weird thing to me.
1: You know, dealing with a grieving mother is uh, that was the biggest thing too, because she's lost her daughter, mm-hmm. and she probably feels. We didn't talk about this, but she probably feels like she. I mean, she told me she did. She had no idea that her daughter was
0: struggling with. So she probably blames herself, in a way. For you know, not we didn't get that. we
1: didn't get into a, a any kind of therapy session. She was there to tell me. Yeah. That she has memories of her daughter and the only reason she has those memories is because i did a couple crowns on her uh something that i did and never thought of again right it was a passing thing it was like let me help you out it took 30 minutes of my time cost me a couple hundred bucks yeah that i don't even miss on the you know the bottom line uh you know when at the end of the month and and so yeah it, it's uh here's the, here's the thing there's a you ever watch game of thrones Well, there's a quote from Game of Thrones where uh, it's from Tyrion Lannister. It's one of my favorite characters. Um, But the quote is later on in the season. um, uh, The quote is simply uh, to give someone something by giving them nothing. Meaning it's uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you'll know the scene that I'm talking about. Uh, But the idea is like it moves the needle for my patient a lot to do a crown for free saved her $2,000, right? Cost me a couple hundred and thirty minutes of my time. To me, it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't move the needle for me at all. Right. I don't, I don't notice that at the end of the month. And so it makes, it becomes very easy to do something by doing nothing. It's not, yeah. it's, it's doing something super impactful because it has this like exponential degree of like usefulness mm-hmm. to somebody else. But to me, it doesn't cost doesn't cost all that much now I think everybody has something like that a skill or trade that they charge money for or that they could charge money for and um, it doesn't move their needle very much to help someone out by using that skill or talent and so that's what's giving me fulfillment in my in, in my life is uh, is utilizing those principles to kind of maximize uh, the purpose that I feel
0: and I think that you'll continue to do that for years man um i i hope that more people go see you i hope that oh, you get you. uh you know but it's it's not oftentimes that you see people well not, not not with not with power but with the ability to make a difference do it um sure it's, it's kind of rare and yeah. so i think it's really cool that you do what you do um with your with your practice with the halo network with the podcast i think that everything you do is rooted in uh gratitude and you know i think it's really cool it's it's inspiring Thank to you. many people and i hope that many people follow in your your footsteps and we can make you know uh, we can make a change in people's life and want to give and do more shit because of your experiences
1: i i hope the same I hope the same thing. I hope people listen and they feel inspired to do something that makes a difference to people around them. I I think it's our job to take care of each other. I think it's like, it's literally our job to take care of each other. And a lot of people, you ask someone like whose job is it to take care of the people around us? People might say it might be the government's job or it might be a church's job or it might be someone else's job. But very rarely do we have the self-awareness to say, no, it's my job my job to take care of people right within my purview to within my capacity mm-hmm. to do so. And so, um, uh, if everybody felt that way, people would be taken care of, right? We have the ability to take care of people way better than a government does way better than a church does way better than, you know, our ability to reach out a hand and help someone out and, uh, is just our ability to even know and to identify who needs help. What kind of help, what can I do? Um, we have the best ability. We're on the ground, you know, we're on, we're, we're on the front lines of that with the people in your circle. And so, uh, that's what makes the most difference, I think. And I think that makes the world a better, makes the world a better place, more reasonable.
0: I agree, man. Awesome. Thank you for today. Thank you for your message. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to find Dr. Brady's, uh, we'll just call them socials. Sure. uh, Where do, where do we go to find you, man? Uh,
1: Dr. Brady Smith, Dr. Brady Smith, is uh the tick the instagram the youtube all that stuff
0: um yeah right on man. that's it um while we're at it guys while we're full of uh you know just gratitude um we have a new sponsor today you guys um and this episode could not be more fitting for this right now so you heard we got a new sponsor yes that's the rumor uh lux watch mods um, is a company, uh, a small business in, uh, I think they're located in Chicago, Illinois. Um, they got super, they, they followed our page and, um, felt that we met really closely on a lot of the values that we, we provide and we share with that. And, uh, he sent me a watch and I thought it was really cool because he didn't ask me for anything. He didn't ask me to talk about this watch. He didn't ask me to promote it in any way. Um, and, but I, I felt like to somebody that was just willing to send me something um, and thank me for being vulnerable and being open on the show, I thought that was really, really, really cool and kind of like fit well with it. So um, I did him one better and uh, the what I asked from him was not to make me a watch. I asked for him to make Carter a watch. And this watch is actually for you, bro.
2: What? Really?
0: I swear. So, um, let's move these backwoods beers out of the way. <laughs> Check wow. it out. I'm honored. And, uh, <laughs> That's crazy. you, uh, he, he, he wanted to send me one. And I was like, you know what, dude? Um, I don't get to pay Carter enough for what he does. You guys on the show sits back there for hours, sometimes listening to me say dumb shit <laughs> and talk to the people. So uh, this was kind of a cool way that I felt to thank you for what you're doing and uh, also introduce a new sponsor to the show and, you know, be able to share this moment. So unbox that bad boy, get rid of that freaking stupid Apple watch that you got.
2: This <laughs> is nerve wracking. Should I open it this way? Or
0: should I? Uh, no, I want you to look at it, bro. It's for you. I don't. I don't care. I'm, freaking, I'm nervous. Holy crap!
1: Oh, that's sick!
0: <laughs> wow, it's a nice watch, bro. I'm like scared to touch this. <laughs> Dude, that's baller status. Wow, well, I'm like shocked. I don't even know what to say.
1: Does Lux Pull make off, any? Man. Do they make any watches with teeth on them?
0: I don't know. We should find out.
1: We should find yeah. out. <laughs> I need put to it, it on I dude need, i need a new watch I don't, i'm scared to touch it
0: yeah so uh Brace again these the these feet. guys you can uh, you can use um our discount code it's failure 23 um and you can get yourself a customizable watch they actually have a website where you can actually customize these watches to your liking um and and basically change the face out on them to match a logo or a brand that you love um you know they could do things like look at the bottom of that thing dude that was my oh, wow. favorite part it's like you could see inside you could see inside of it with wow, all the gears cool. and stuff that's cool i have no idea how to I'll, uh, I'll we'll do like a oh here need some help here wow this is no rush shout out lux watch mods this is awesome thank you guys so anyway guys um carter thanks for all you do bro thank you man you're welcome means a lot you're welcome I'm stoked for you uh don't don't thank me though. Uh thank thank Lux Watch Mods. Thank well Lux is. Lux Watch Mods. Justin is his name. Uh he looked you up. He was actually really, really excited <laughs> to to do this and share this with you. So and uh I think no better person to have on the show than uh Dr. Brady for this. Oh. Like I I don't think it could have fit <laughs> I'm glad more you perfect feel that way. I didn't plan on this to have this be uh somebody who's willing to give as much as you are. So it feels good to kind of like share this moment with everybody in the end too. Uh, bring some, bring that, bring that, you know, that energy back up. a little. Bit. <laughs> all right. Well, perfect. uh, we'll wrap this up. You guys, thank you so much. Um, that camera should be the one that I can look at right here. So if you guys aren't already subscribed to the show, do me a favor, please hit the subscribe button. Um, leave us a comment, let us know what you guys loved and, uh, go visit Dr. Brady when you need some teeth work because, uh, this dude's making an impact on the world and we all should be supporting him. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Thank you.